What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Listen to me, baby. You just can't win. Places you trying to go, I've already been. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast with David Liz So manifest the greater this And things all good cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth is mental health It's an inside game, no toxicity Let's talk and more listening Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, Elizabeth Holtzler, host of the Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. La la la. Inner Wealth Podcast. La la la. Inner Wealth Podcast. Disclaimer: Information in this podcast and interview is not to be taken as medical advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any inner hacking program and before making any lifestyle changes. The material shared by guests in this podcast is not the opinion of David McCullough or Elizabeth Holkstra and disclaims any responsibility of inaccurate credentials of guests or information used that may cause harm. No guarantees given regarding the accuracy of any statement or opinions made on this podcast. This general information is not intended to replace your healthcare professional. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave. And my name's Liz. What up, though? What up, though? We are at the Earn Your Leisure studio, and we got a guest, special guest. I'm here physically, but unfortunately, Liz couldn't make it, but she's back home, and she's on screen, so we're still doing it. I'm on screen. Still here. No matter matter what. So we got a very special guest with us. Um, So let's, let's do a little backtracking for myself. I spent probably in the early, I want to say probably 2013, 14 I started actually working on my lymphatic system and that had a profound effect on my my health and fast forward probably around 2018 I started getting more manual lymphatic therapy work and it 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 just greatly enhanced my life even more and Elizabeth have actually found a website or Instagram page called stop chasing pain and on stop chasing pain it was, it was, man, I, as soon as I, I found this page, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to send this to David. Like, so I, I sent it right to you. I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, he has all the information about lymphatic. Cause that was when we were heavily getting, mm, you know, mm. the, uh, manual lymph drains and it was really, really changing our lives. So I was like, look, I was like, we need to get this guy to inception. And now. <laughs> and we actually, 
Perry. Yeah, we got him to Inception, and now he, Dr. Perry, is actually on our advisory board. So welcome, Dr. Perry, onto our podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's awesome. I remember that when you reached out to me on Instagram. It feels like yesterday. It was such a wonderful message that you sent. And then I remember just immediately hitting the reply button to you. And then we started this conversation and connection. And you said, ah, you want to come out and visit us? And I'm like, yes, it just it's just the whole universe or energy, whatever you believe, just lined up and it felt right. And you it says that old uh, Jerry Maguire line. You had me at lymph. I mean, as soon as you start <laughs> talking about lymph, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I even got my lymph shirt on for those that can see here. What does when that in, say? When in doubt, lymph it out. Lymph it out. In my world, that means you always check out and assess the lymphatic system first and everything. So if you're ever stuck and you're not mm. sure what's going on, go take a look at that system and you'll probably find the answer or a big piece of it. So you said something about conversation and like what we do is we don't we don't interview people. We like to have conversations. So let's even dive deeper into the conversation where this describe even what the lymph is. What is the lymph? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, first of all, it's a system that not many people are familiar with. I mean, mm -hmm. they may have heard about it and usually under one context when they hear the word cancer. Mm hmm. And when they hear the word cancer, I mean, yeah. all sorts of these mental things come in, right? right? And then they say that with cancer, it can spread through the lymphatic system. Mm. And it can. But it's also a system that's designed to kill cancer cells. It's also one of the reasons why more people aren't walking around with cancer. Because, because what many people don't know is that everybody already has cancer. It's just whether it manifests or not. So mm. your immune system always suppresses it. It just doesn't right. magically jump out of nowhere. It build, it can build up over time when your immune system, um, I don't like to use the word weaken. I've actually chosen to choose my words very carefully over mm. this last year, which we'll talk about. But I'll say maybe it's not at its optimum. Mm. See how different that is? Yeah. Um, and uh, it can make you vulnerable to something you might not have been vulnerable to before and can come out. But the most important thing that people need to know about lymphatic is that it's a major part of your immune system, mm -hmm. which, and that's designed to fight bad things off <laughs> like viruses and toxins and mm -hmm. bacteria, fungus, cancer cells, metabolic waste and cellular waste, which is the actual, your own cells naturally dying every day mm -hmm. on purpose because they're supposed to. Right. And then you're supposed to make new ones, right? Cells die and you make new ones. That's how you become stronger and more mm -hmm. resilient. Right. Even when you train and you work out, you purposely destroy tissues so you can rest, recover, and regrow and go harder, faster, stronger, longer. But all that stuff has to get out of you. Yeah. If it stays inside of you, that's not good. That's toxicity. And the lymphatic system is the primary system that removes all of those. And it's also part of your cardiovascular system, which mm. many people don't know of. And that one is blood flow mm. into things and out of things. That's arteries and veins. Mm -hmm. But also your heart health is related to lymphatics. Mm. So if you have a circulation issue, you have a lymph issue. Yeah. If you have a lymph issue, you have a circulation issue. You can't separate the two. Yeah, There's separate. no separation of body systems in the body. Mm -hmm. That's impossible. Right. And well, well, why you say that, too, I like a statement that you always say, and I kind of repeat it, which is which is basically is systems versus symptoms. Right. You know, that is not just an isolated incident. 
So can you even talk about like how like the originating source of pain, like if you have a pain in your foot, that doesn't mean that that's where the actual issue yeah. is. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, that's where Stop Chasing Pain, the name of my brand came from because mm -hmm. <clears throat> I've been in uh, healthcare, started out as a chiropractor ooh, back in 1997, so a while, but I was just going after sites of pain. People would come in and say, doc, it hurts here. Mm -hmm. And then I would do a lot of stuff to there. And in my world, it's a lot of back stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You think chiropractic, think low back. <clears throat> so I have all the beautiful toys and treatments and therapies that I could do right to something. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I got very frustrated of why it would always keep coming back. Mm. And then I was always focused on, well, why didn't it work for these people? And it worked for them. There's right. got to be something that I'm missing. And that's when I started to just really look at what pain is. And I stopped treating just where it hurts. Because for me, I realized that pain is just your body trying to tell you that there is an issue somewhere. Mm -hmm. But it's not telling you what it is or where it is. It's right. just a communication signal. And what most people need to know is that it's not a punishment signal, yeah. even though we look at it like that. It's a protective signal. It, mm -hmm. It's your body saying, hey, uh, Perry, whatever you're doing, I don't like it much. And I'm telling you that. And if we listen to it, uh, sometimes we can help it. But most often we always say, well, maybe it'll go away. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it does because the body is very resilient. Yes. And it's designed to do that. But what if it keeps coming back? That's telling you something, especially if you're treating where it is. So I, I tried to figure out how I would define pain mm -hmm. when people ask me, what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. And it's this pain is a request for change. And I'm going to say that one time slowly. Pain is a request for for change, for change. That's, 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 that's good. Because we, that's we're basically good. living in one big uh, um, stimulation response loop. Mm -hmm. So the body is just responding to what's happening in the environment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, stimulation. So when, we, when you talk about it's not a punishment, and we had this conversation earlier, the, body, the body's not attacking itself. The body's not just no going against itself right. for no reason. Where, did, where does that thought process come from? Yeah, well, I always tell people that if you didn't have pain, you would die way faster mm. than we had pain because pain is awareness. Right. Because you're aware of a body part because it hurts. Right. That's usually the only time most people even know they have different body parts. Right. Because they're so unaware of their own embodiment. That's called mm -hmm. embodiment. We're mm -hmm. detached from that. We're so caught up in our head, the cortical Right. right. Or we're looking at screens most of the time. You don't mm -hmm. even feel outside of the body. And it's I always say if you didn't have pain, you wouldn't know if you cut yourself. You wouldn't know if you burned yourself and mm. you would go through life and you'd probably die because you didn't know that you needed to take care of something. Right. Right. But also so really, really also, pain is a protection mechanism for you. It's, it's a survival mechanism. Exactly what it is. Me mental pain and physical pain, because they're mm -hmm. both the same. You can't separate yeah. the two. And there's mm -hmm. people that will tell you that there's there's no pain sen um, sensation in the brain. There's no mm -hmm. one section for pain. It's yeah, it's, everywhere. it's everywhere. Right. So how do you what do you I guess this is a deeper question. What do you, have you ever read the book, uh, the holotropic universe? 
What is it called? Holotropic Universe. No, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth, you actually talked about that book, I think. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Diner food. (laughs) So if if we're talking about that in nature, like, you know, holotropically, that that it's all the body. The whole system is interconnected. And I think you talk a lot about that, the interconnection between everything. Like, you know, our thing, what we talk about is stress and trauma all the time, which is which is a protection mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when that activates, it has an effect on the whole system. So when we talk about mental health, we don't like to talk about mental health just like this isolated thing. It's everything. It's your whole body. It's your whole way of whatever you perceive to be danger. Your body has to react to all of it, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have the different systems of your body, mm-hmm. kind of backtracking what we were talking about before. And then some examples are your musculoskeletal, which are mm-hmm. muscles and then mm-hmm. bones and connective tissue they call fascia. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what somebody complains of first. Right. You know, my back hurts or I've got a tightness in my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then you go get that treated. But you've got your nervous system, right? your uh, cardiovascular system, your lymphatic system, your digestive system. And then in Western medicine, at least, or even in science, we, we break things down into parts to try to understand the parts. Right. But everything changes when you put those parts back together. There's nothing in, right. uh, nothing in, the, in the universe, actually, but nothing especially in the body functions in isolation. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. I always say that no system in the body ever works alone and it never gets injured alone. And it never heals alone. That's one of my favorite quotes from you. Yeah, and it's very powerful. And if you think about it, it's common sense. But Mm -hmm. if you look at modern medicine, we do the exact opposite. We have specialists for every system. Yeah. Like, you have to go that? see this guy because why this guy is that gets, right? Why is I, I that? Ask myself that every day. You know, I got a Mm. I got a heart guy, and they don't talk to the to the gut guy. And I'm like, yeah. well, you do realize that those two body parts talk all day long, right? Right, right. <laughs> and here's my joke is that your body doesn't even know what a heart is. It doesn't even yeah. know what a gut is because men, a man, humans created those terms. Right. The body is just saying, I'm just me. I'm, I'm one. The, and heart, the heart probably sees itself as itself. Or does it, does it see it? Or that's a good question now. Yeah. So does the body feel its interconnectedness within itself because you know as human beings we we typically we're either dependent or independent but our best way of survival is being interdependent so the body the body probably is the most healthiest interdependent machine ever with that we should know of right yeah i agree with that 100 percent. well Human, you know this better than anybody. That human beings were social creatures. We mm-hmm. were pack animals. They call it. We mm-hmm. we need to interact with other energetic beings. Yeah. If we don't, <clears throat> we slowly begin to deteriorate. You mm-hmm. know, and and you 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 physically waste away, and mentally you can go insane. Yeah. You know, the, the, the well, isn't 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 mental mental kind of the the point? like the beginning of it all. I mean, if you're mental, like if you're stressed out, you're tensing your muscles, which is causing issues in within your body. So everything starts, I feel like mental, right? And then works its way through the body. Like stress is a huge, huge thing that causes all type of body issues. And if you, if you don't, you know, if your mental stability is off, it's going to cause, you're going to see it, you know, manifest physically in your, in your system, in your body. 
Absolutely, 100%. So, but, but human beings, we, we need our alone time too, right? You, mm-hmm. you need time away to process, but then you need to go back to other people. And I, I think the body is the same way. The heart knows that it works with everything else, mm-hmm. but the heart has its own individual role with itself. Right. But what I also say in, in my view is that you're only as strong and resilient as the system that you have that is the most vulnerable. Hmm. And, and it's not always the one that's showing the most symptoms or the most pain. Because what will very often happen is like in nature with humans is that when, when somebody is suffering, another person will carry the load for you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully right. you have that in your life. And then they'll take the burden for you. Right. Until you're strong enough they call to standing in a gap. Yeah. A until you're strong enough to yeah. come back on your own. But now they're carrying double load, triple load. Right. So they're the ones that are going to usually manifest something. Mm. But that's not the problem. That's the one that's actually saying, you know what, I'm doing all the work here. Yeah. Why don't you go look for the one that really needs to help? But it's the one that's not screaming. You follow? Yeah. And then that's what oh, we do. Yeah. We chase symptoms and we think that s- symptoms are telling you what the problem is. Symptoms are just information yeah. that the body is sending you. And I always tell about, I wish it was that simple that it was where you fill your symptoms. Right. Nothing in the universe is that easy. And if it was that easy, anybody could, you know, yeah. anybody could take That's care kinda of it. That's kind of like my mom talks about it from a social work and therapy standpoint, like the identified client. Like you bring your kid in who has ADHD and anxiety, but that's just a symptom of what's happening in the dynamic of the family. They're bearing that burden because they're taking going the brunt of the emotional release of the mother or the father, but it's, ne- it's not the kid. And they would bring the kids to me all the time and say, okay, he has ADHD and ADAD, ADD, fix him. Hmm. But I'm thinking, but where, what environment does he live in and who created the environment? Right. You know, so it's, so that's kind of like the same thing where it's like, that's not the root though. The kid is not the root issue. The person who creates the environment is the issue. Yeah, that ties perfectly into one of the sayings that I use all the time is that you cannot get well in the same environment you that became ill within. Right. And that's I would know that best. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, and people say, what, do you, what environment do you mean? Yes is the answer. Usually the one that's swimming in your own head, hmm. right? Um, but your personal relationship, your career relationship, but right? mm-hmm. even some things that you can go back even to stuff that you may be dealing with that happened to people in past generations. I mean, yeah. that's stuff that we can get into later if you want to, but it always also ties back to the lymphatics in a way, because mm-hmm. the lymphatics keep the internal environment of your body functioning at optimum by clearing out waste. Mm-hmm. So if you can't clear out the waste, you have more of a toxic environment that your cells live in. So you're more prone to sickness because the cells don't have an environment that's conducive Mm -hmm. towards healing. And you're trillions and trillions of individual cells, but they all work with each other and they don't function in isolation. We we look at them that way. So we have like a a microscope and I could look at and tell you exactly everything that this individual cell does. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I appreciate the information, but that doesn't help me at all. Because when I stick that guy in with a couple of trillion more, it's not the same cell. 
And if I stick it in different people, it's not the same cell. They because they collectively share. The cell's going to react to the story of the person carrying the cell around. Right. Mm. Mm. That's your life. Yeah. So when I, when I, when you come in with a disease name, I don't like to, it's a label mm -hmm. and they can become the label. Right. So I have Alzheimer's or I am now right. Alzheimer's. Right. Um, and then you have this cultural societal connotation that goes with it. But here's what people need to understand is that even if you have the same diagnosis and have 10 people in the room, they didn't get to the diagnosis the same. They didn't get to the illness the, the same, same way. way. Yeah. It's not the same causative factor, but we treat people that way. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that mm -hmm. because we're not we're not tissues. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're, we're energy, first of all, and we're human beings, and those change based on your story up to that point and the story that you tell yourself in that moment. Yeah. We talked about nocebo, uh, the nocebo and placebo, which is most, most people know placebo means um, I shall please in Latin and nocebo, I shall harm. And placebo, like I told you, every time me and Liz, we both do this. Like any supplements or anything like that, we go read the reviews. We want to read the research because we know that that's going to reinforce our belief on the supplement or product that we're taking. It's going it's going to help us. And you can't separate placebo from anything, first of all. Right. But the right. opposite is true as well. And if you hear a diagnosis of cancer or whatever, that affects you just as the same as the placebo. Yeah. And the whole system is, again, affected by 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 that. Right. Absolutely. I agree 100 percent because everything has a placebo effect. That's that's how you view the world and you view yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't separate the two. It's impossible. And mm -hmm. I think it's an asset. It's a power. Yeah. Because if you have the power to change something because of how you believe in it, well, I'm going to use that. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean I'm going to abandon my therapies that I need. Right. I'm not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you this much, though. If you think the opposite with the nocebo, mm -hmm. that's the one where it's a negative input. Yeah. You virtually don't stand a chance of getting better because you don't believe you will. And yeah. how, how you think changes your biology. You can think yourself well. You can think yourself sick. I see it all of the time. And your cells will go, okay, well, you're telling me this. I'll do exactly what you want me to do, even from a conscious level, but even more so from a subconscious level. Right. That's yeah. happening in there. And then I had a, a physician once say, because you teach in the medical community and they, they downplay placebos. And somebody said, well, isn't this just a placebo effect? And the doctor said, I certainly hope so. Because it's that powerful right. right but the mind it, is everything it really here's the thing it works both ways you can give somebody a medication that is part of the study that is supposed to work and it won't work because you tell them it's not the medication it goes both ways right. mm -hmm. that should tell you something right there right yeah I, I read somewhere that a guy said you know positive thinking isn't going to guarantee success uh 
that you're going to come through on a positive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but negative thinking, you're definitely going to s- succeed at not reaching where you want to. It's like yeah. you at least stand a chance yeah. if you think on the positive. If you mm-hmm. think on the negative, you're on the downside. Yeah. So my my mother um, ended up having um, Hodgkin's lymphoma yeah. back when I was probably about 10 years old. And it's cancer, form of cancer in the lymph system, obviously. Yeah. And I've had this conversation with her. And that one day she'll come on and be able to share her own story. But I had a conversation with her over the years and I said, well, because we understand this aspect. And I asked, so why do you think you ended up with the cancer? And she said she was working at a job that, you know, she hated, first of all. And then when you're working at a job you hate and then, you know, and then, too, she was discriminated upon. She worked at a job for 20 years, never got a raise, had somebody come in. She basically uh, mentored them and they end up getting a raise over Mm -hmm. her. She ended up getting a lawsuit and, and winning that lawsuit, but she was in the job and her, her shoulders is just like this. Yeah. yeah. What is limb travel? Everywhere, right? And yeah. You're getting clogged up in here. Then all of a sudden, the immune system is, what you say, weakened. Did you use the term weakened or compromised? Yeah. You, say you don't like, yeah. which word did you like using? Yeah. I just, as I said, it's not working. At, it's optimal. It's not, it's not optimal. It's not optimal. And, yeah. So is another thing too, is that it's just burden? Right. Is, is too much load to try to handle. But so in telling that story, my mother, she was able to basically get well from cancer because she didn't believe that was a death sentence for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she never let me see her like ha- like like in a down state, too, because yeah. she didn't want that to affect me because that was a death sentence back in 1990 yeah. about cancer. I mean, it's, today is still even more so. But her thought process and her doctor told her. I can't tell you, um, I can't be the one to tell you whether you live or you die. That's not in my hands. I'm just someone here to help you. And a lot of times doctors That's with their powerful. words That's are powerful. the ones who, who give the sentence of life or death, whether you have this chance right. to live or you don't have this chance to live. And it's all based on, too, the person's belief. Mm-hmm. And I think Bruce Lipton right. says that back with the biology of belief. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually saw something on a YouTube channel this morning, uh, and someone had said that <clears throat> they had somebody, a, a priest had come in to give last rites to someone mm-hmm. in the hospital, <clears throat> and then the person ended up dying uh, two days later. But th- there was the wrong room. They went in the. He <laughs> wow. gave last rites to the wrong person. Wow. It was just terminal. They were not terminal. Oh. And the, the, the person who was terminal that they were supposed to go into ended up living for three more weeks. Mm. So mm. it was almost like the, the person said, okay, well, I'm, it's the next stage, obviously. You're coming in to give me last rites. Now I'm going to go. And like you, you realize he wasn't terminal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the power of the placebo oh, and my. the nocebo. And I, started, I wanted to go down a little bit deeper into understanding that and I started to study neuroscience and pain science and mm-hmm. the brain and say, okay, well, why, do, why does the body do what it does? Why do mm-hmm. humans do what they do? And I started to look at you know, positive and negative and mm-hmm. from, from the brain standpoint. So I learned that the, the brain only has one thing that it's concerned with. And unfortunately, it's not happiness. It's not Survival. dying. Yeah, like, hey, if you don't die today, check yeah. the wind box. That's good. That's good. I right. know you're not really happy, but at least we're not under the earth six feet. Right. That's good. Um, and it just does the best it can with what it's got. Mm-hmm. 
but the the brain is programmed to look at things from a, a survival negative aspect first mm. as a self-protective mechanism. So it's right. it's so if you're walking through the woods and you hear a noise, it's smarter to assume that it's something not good right. or a tiger or a predator. So that's, yeah, that's kind of negative, well, but not, at least not in the movies. <laughs> they right, hear yeah, something right. in the woods in yeah, the movies. What is that? Right. <laughs> Black people are like this. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Somebody's like me. I wonder what that is. Yeah. Um, and if you have that momentary lapse, you're, it's too late. You're already dead. Right. So the smart play is to think negative and, and it does. And that's called neuroception, so, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I tell people, don't feel bad if you have a negative aspect of something. Because when you're caught in a survival mode, mm-hmm. that's your default mechanism heightened up even more, especially with what's been going on right. with the zombie apocalypse. But we have, as human beings, the innate ability to use this prefrontal cortex, that's the front of mm-hmm. the brain, to try to override that and say, okay, it wasn't. But we, we have a hard time flipping that switch back. Because right. 90... <sighs> 90% of your brain is designed to inhibit the 10% mm. that sits back here. That's the negative survival one. Right. The majority of it's supposed to turn that off. Yeah. And under high stress and high cortisol, and when we feel a lack of, um, we don't feel control, the other 90% goes to lunch. And then the 10% comes out and plays. That's what, what do we, what do we call that, Liz? You know, we call it. Yeah. You know, Hmm. Oh yeah, flip your <laughs> flip your, your wig back. <laughs> so that's going. So explain that. Explain that. Uh-huh. No, I mean it's when you know your prefrontal cortex. You know your blood vessels restrict. You go into fight or flight. Boop. And now all the blood rushes to your hind brain. And now you acting out of you know reaction mode. Reaction mode. So that's where I heard you know more than ninety percent of people are at most of the time right now, especially since the pandemic. So, so people walking around with their, their lids flipped. No, I love that. No, I love that. I like that. That's exactly what it's like. Boom. You go to the back of the brain. Yeah, and then- so we, we talking a lot about the mind and how powerful that is, but that's, let's talk about some things that are like very basic that we do on a day-to-day basis that we don't know have major impacts in terms of toxic environmental toxins. Like I, you, you got a new car and I got into it yeah. and I said, oh man, that new car smell, and I said, I know this is not good for my lymph. I know it's not good for my lymph system, though. And what did you say? I said, Yeah, it's not. But you know, it's. I was surfing in my new Bronco, loving life, and I'm like, Oh, I know this is not so good for me, but you know, but it's a new car. Yeah, so that's we, actually one of the most toxic things that you can expose the body to is a new car because you have all the things that just came hot off the press with the chemicals in there, and mm-hmm. they put a lot of sprays in there to give it a certain yeah smell or look mm-hmm. um and then if wow. you throw in the air fresheners on top of that that that's a double double down on it yeah and, yeah. and it was like we don't we don't even think about these things we just think oh i love the new car smell i mean as a kid it's we love the smell of gas some of us right new car smells mm-hmm. yeah you know um and there what's the number of how many people put certain toxic products on their body list I think women, I think women, it, it was up to like 142 products or something that toxic products that they wear almost on a daily basis or use, you know, toiletries and your shower. I mean, then you got to think about your household supplies that you're using, your cleaning supplies, drinking out I of mean, water bottles. 
water bottles, you know, the plastic water bottles that, you know, got microplastics all in it. You drink tap water, our food, you know, that has all these unnecessary chemicals in it. I mean, the list goes on. I don't feel like we're in a good place um, as far as toxicity goes these days. I think it's gotten a lot worse. <laughs> so how does that how does that affect all of us in our lymph system? Yeah, you know, it's really amazing. I joke around all the time that I'm amazed that anybody is alive right now on this planet with mm. what's what's thrown that, at the human body every day statement. i'm serious yeah. i mean think of, oh, think about what the what? human body has to deal with i mean you better be showing you flip my lid on that one <laughs> zero to 100 perry yeah. oh right. man yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah but think about what the human body has to deal with on a daily basis all the time and you should just thank your body right now Mm-hmm. and show it the respect that it deserves. Give yourself a nice hug because there's so much that it has to deal with that it really honestly never had to deal with in the history of oh, the man. world, yeah. uh, my man. And then it's just relentless. It's coming at you. But the, here's the thing. I mean, you can't avoid it either, mm. right? But people say, well, what, what can I do about it? Well, that's the stuff that we're talking about here with your mental health and just the small little things that you can do, even mm-hmm. working your lymphatics. Because I already know that somebody's lymphatic system is going to be overloaded. My joke, I joke to say, how do you know you have a lymphatic system problem? I'm like, because you're standing on this earth. I already know it needs work because you probably haven't done anything on purpose to mm-hmm. try to help it. And then once you can, you can keep yourself working as optimal, optimally as you, yeah. as you can do it. And it's... There's things that the body has to deal with that it's never had to even contemplate before. And it's, it reminds me of something we were talking about, all the chemicals. I remember once, this takes me back about three years ago, we were in the car on the way over saying how we like to talk about movies and obscure mm-hmm. quotes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do one. Do you remember the first Batman yep. with Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and with the Joker? What was the plot that he did? Uh, he took all the different... Oh, he took all the chemicals and put it on a hairspray. And yeah, he put his Joker chemicals into all the products. Right. And everybody just used their products and they were poisoned. Right. So he put it in all the beauty products. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. It wasn't just one product. You had to have the mixture of the two and then Mm -hmm. something would happen. And that's when I started to think about this. When you mentioned how how many chemicals get put on, uh, especially for women in the day with makeup or perfumes or whatever. And um, it was kind of like that analogy where sadly we think that, okay, if something is on the shelf, it must be okay because the government put it there. Well, that's Mm -hmm. mistake number one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then that may be true. Let's say that product A, they said, is good. But what if product A, number mm. one, is mixed with 125 mm. other ones? Wow. Then what happens is you have a combination of substances they've never even contemplated looking at of how they react together. So you don't know what you're getting on the back end. Wow. You, I never you thought about that. Oh, oh man. You can't <laughs> contemplate it because it's just so much. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great if it's by itself, but we're back to what I said before. Mm. Nothing works in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing you one thing you said, too, before that, you said, how do you know that if you have lymphatic, um, you know, lymphatic issues? You said, well, look at the earth you're standing on. But the problem is people aren't really standing on the earth. That's true. Yeah. You're standing, standing on, on rubber. You're standing on r- rubber synthetic shoes. Yeah. And that's why we yeah. talk about earthing so much. That's like the the just natural easiest thing you can do is, is actually reconnect back to the organism. 
you know Absolutely. so but all these all these it's a combination and that's why we you know at inception we have a, a detox circuit and because people would probably think what did, what does this have to do with mental health it's like, man, if your lymphatic system is compromised, your mental health is compromised too. Yeah, you touched on it uh, with the episode I was just watching the other day. I sent you a message when you were talking about sleep mm. and the brain draining its toxins at night when you sleep, mm -hmm. if you sleep, which mm. it does. And first of all, I was really excited. I was <laughs> sending you a message saying, this is so great that you're talking about it. Mm. But it's back to the environment. So your brain cells have to live in its own environment. So it can, what they call wire and fire and communicate mm -hmm. with each other mm -hmm. and process things. But if you have a toxic environment inside your body, you're going to have one around your brain. Mm. There's fluid around your brain as well called cerebrospinal fluid. And... Uh, if it's living in a toxic environment, it can develop inflammation. Mm. And then once you get the inflammation in there, then you can start to get a lot of symptoms. Mm. But And you can manifest them anywhere right. in the body. One of the top signs of it is brain fog, mm. tiredness, fatigue, lethargy. Does that sound like anybody you know? I mean, yeah. most humans, and we just take it for granted that I'm just working too hard. Right. And that might be the case, but that probably means that you're not sleeping hard enough. Mm -hmm. as well in conjunction with that so then uh, the you get decrease in blood flow and then if I, if a neuron which is in your brain has to communicate with a neuron mm -hmm. they need to speak to each other they're gonna they either fire or they don't there's no right. in between it goes or it doesn't go mm -hmm. so those can be less it takes um more stuff to make it fire or sometimes less stuff to make it fire and then you suffer all the way around because the environment is not conducive to those cells functioning at their optimum. So that's why when people say, this is crazy, but I did the lymph stuff that you showed me. I, it was what's called a big six that I teach people. Mm -hmm. You rub and tap just six primary places on your body. And they say, is it crazy that I feel so much better after doing that? Because it <laughs> seems like it was just so simple. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's exactly how it works. That's just physiology that's how we were when we started getting uh, manual lymphatic work done i actually i remember i was like i called the person who did it and i said what is the connection between the lymph and the soul because honestly right? in the spirit i felt like i had more of myself mm. than i ever had i love that that's a you beautiful know? way to and say I, it i think really feel more connected yeah you feel more connected to yourself you feel more empathetic to to everything and everything just becomes grander. It's almost like getting out of a float tank. Yeah. You know, everything yep. is just enhanced, enhanced. Like I remember you, we, we had a group chat. We were like, I just love you, man. <laughs> we were <laughs> the, the woman that was giving us manual yeah. lift trains. Yeah. Like, I love you really. Cause we felt so much better. I mean, it was a game changer. Yeah. One of those major, major jumps. And that's why we too, we, you know, we'll always come out here and visit you because we know that how important that is for us um, to get that lymphatic work in. And that's why we encourage people at Inception to do that detox circuit. A lot of people are really like the, the reset circuit we have that has to do with the brain and a reset, but it's like, you got to detoxify your body. And, and, and I don't want to use, cause they said, be careful about your words. Not you detoxify your body. Mm -hmm. You have to assist your body in helping it to do its natural mm -hmm. detoxification because it's always in a process in de detoxification. Is that accurate? Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. And there's many, most of your body is designed for that purpose. 
If, mm-hmm. if you took a peek inside about all your organs, most of them are there because they're designed to get stuff out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't typically spend most time putting stuff in. You're always putting stuff in, right? And the yeah. one place stuff yeah. goes in most of the time, of course, is through your skin. And it's, so it's by no accident that most of the lymphatics are in your skin. And then the second place you have the largest amount of lymph is from the neck up. Mm. So you have what's called lymph nodes, which are small little garbage stations. I call them mini kidneys. And then they take Mm. stuff that flows into it. They break it down and they kill some things with their immune system. And then Mm. they send it to the next one and they say, okay, I'll take over from here. And then they pass it along and just clean it like a filter. Right. Mm. And you've got, depending on the resources that you look at, I've seen it, seen it swing from 400 to 700, but I'm like, I don't really care about the number. I just know there's more than one. Okay. Um, and of that number, let's say 600, mm-hmm. one third of that number is from the neck up. Mm. One third of 600 wow. is. So what does that tell me? Cause nature is not stupid. She's really smart. She's yeah. probably said, there's a lot of stuff that's important from the shoulders up especially this brain thing that sits up there. I should probably find a way to drain it well, right? Mm. And then here's the kicker. Medicine until recently didn't think that the brain had its own way to drain toxins Mm. or lymphatics. It didn't think there was lymph around the brain. First of all, I'm thinking to myself, how could you even contemplate that as a possibility when you know how important that it is? So that's a big whoops-a-daisy mm-hmm. in medicine, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, that's one of the reasons why lymphatics are really being studied a lot now because they see its relationship to brain health. Mm-hmm. Once they discovered it, then they're looking at maybe it's a contributing factor to all these neurodegenerative disorders that are running rampant like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and ADHD. Right. You name I don't care what, the name, what label you get it. It's saying the same thing to me. Yeah. It's, you got inflammation. The inflammation is just manifesting itself with a different disease name. That's all yeah. it is. Right. So, and then the third place is your gut, your abdomen, and what they call the second brain slash your emotional brain. Yeah. So when you walk into my door, I know three things. I'm going to check your skin. I'm going to check your brain. I'm going to check your gut. And then most of them are going to have an issue that's there. And if I can just clear those out a little bit, then that's when you have that reaction. I never knew I could feel this different. I never knew I could feel this good because when you've suffered for so long, you forgot what good feels like. You've set a new normal of suffering. You you have, I always say it, you lost contrast. And when you lost contrast, you can be dead in the dirt. Right? Yeah. Your brain is always trying to establish a new normal. Mm -hmm. Always. That's adaptation. I remember, Perry. I remember when I came, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, and I was having terrible brain fog. Remember? It was so bad. And um, you gave me, you worked on my brain, like on my head. You did like a brain reset. And I promise you, man, ever since that day, I haven't had brain fog. Like it went away. (laughs) So, you know, stuff must have been clogged all up in there. And people don't even realize. They don't even realize that they even have brain fog, you know, like. But I mean, I can tell you, I feel, I feel great. Still, still. That's wonderful. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. One of the reasons that I found this work is because several reasons, I think, if I look back on why the universe led me here. Five years ago, I was really sick on my own and Mm -hmm. my body just all of a sudden autoimmune turned on itself. I'm like, no, that's not a good enough explanation for me because I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. You just haven't found the answer yet or you're not Mm -hmm. looking at it the right way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I got really bad. I mean, I got to a point where I had a physical breakdown, a mental breakdown. Mm. And I don't remember if I told you guys how bad it got, where mm. I, I lost my brain function is the thing that scared me the most. Like I couldn't, I was headlong into Alzheimer's. I couldn't remember oh, wow. like my own children's name or what I did just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. I was so tired that I was sleeping 17 hours a day and still tired. Wow. And I had to leave practice and stop teaching. I got so depressed and I remember I was teaching uh, a course, barely pushing through it in Connecticut. Mm. And on the way home, I had a break and I called, actually called the suicide hotline. Mm. And I, cause I knew I needed to speak to someone because I was driving home and thinking it would be really easy to turn my car into that pole. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I need to call somebody. And I spoke to them and then I hung up, but they're obligated to call the authorities if they think you're going to be a harm to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I pulled home. 20 minutes later, two police cars pulled into my driveway and knocked on my door. And that's when my family found out. Yeah. That's how bad it was. And yeah. that's when I knew I had to find the answer on my own. That was the catalyst of, okay, you're either going to fight or you're going to give up. Mm. And then the, the I kid you not, like two days later, the universe threw at me a course that where I discovered lymphatics. Mm. Um, and then then from there, it, it changed my life so much that I knew that it was, it was my calling. So mm. make your wounds your calling, yeah. I like to say. And then that's why I'm here now. And fast forward from that time, I'm, I mean, my brain is back sharper than before. But I also yeah. wanted to dive deeper into how I can focus more on the inflammation in the brain. Mm. And then that's when I started to study the glymphatics that you mentioned on your episode from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I played with things that I learned from other people, but also on my own journey and created a technique that I did for you, which specifically designed to drain the glymph and toxins from the brain. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it with the rest of the body. Yeah. So you, you can't just do can't the brain when you can't area, just do the right. bottom when you have to do both. And right. in medicine, they don't, they don't, they either do one or they do the other. They don't mm. really even do the top one anymore. Cause until recently they didn't know it existed. But I like to look, this as a, almost like a full circle. I know I'm kind of going on for a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Um, you mentioned about, uh, the cancer, right. Mm-hmm. And what was, um, that she didn't want you to see her that way. Yeah. Yeah. My father and grandfather both passed away from glioblastomas, brain tumors. Mm. And I saw my father, who was everything to me when I was 13 years old, go from this Thor to nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've always that always affected me even to this day. But I think it's bringing me back to, OK, you're supposed to be looking at brains mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be looking at lymph. And maybe put some connections together that people haven't looked at yet. Yeah. I absolutely believe that that's why I'm on this earth yeah. right now. And I believe that's why we're connected. Because all of our, this this triangle right here, <laughs> we all got into this based on our own stories. I didn't get into this because of, you know, I want to make money. I had a problem that I needed to solve, you know, and, and that's just like you, just like Liz. We, we trying to problem solve and... Problem solving for ourselves makes it a problem being solved for other people when we can bring that bring that connection to 
together. So too, um, you know, Liz talked about something earlier about tattoos. Hmm. Like if we can just get into things like tattoos and foreign objects we put in our bodies, like a lot of women are getting, you know, breast um, implants, not just breasts, ass implants oh, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. but all the people, I mean, I heard guys are getting cast and, and chested, everything, everything yeah, these days. Building, you can put everything. So, mm-hmm. so, so let's talk about what we're doing to our bodies, what we're putting into it for. And then that's also because you've been in a fitness world and I want to get your your experience with people who are in that world and how how they actually um, how they're using their bodies and maybe, you know, better ways to do so. Yeah, that's a great question. I get that often about tattoos and mm. whether you can see I'm kind of in big trouble. <laughs> I'm loaded with them. I've got them on my arms and I got a whole back piece. Wow. From there that was done in different stages. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I actually had, I have my own podcast and I um, interviewed a, several neuroscientists on there. And one of my favorites, her name is Dr. Claudia Aguirre. And um, she's a neuroscientist and she does a lot of stuff now in the world of skin and cosmetics because she mm-hmm. sees the relationship of the skin to the brain. I mean, that's a neurological connection that right. I'll, be, I'll be happy to get into later if you want. But um, because skin health and brain health ultimately go uh, together. Mm. And she said that what they're seeing on the cadaver studies is that the, the lymphatics, which is uh, supposed to be clear, mm-hmm. you know, in your anatomy pictures, it's green. It's not really green. Right. <laughs> if it's green, you're in big trouble. Uh, but it's supposed to be clear, except in the abdomen. In the abdomen, it's milky white. Because right? of, of where, blood? yeah, it's milky white. Or lymph. Yes, but it's lymph. Okay. Um, and, but the rest of the body is supposed to be uh, clear. Mm-hmm. So in here, it's called lacteals. Right. And uh, they find that the limp is black with people who have tattoos. Really? And if you cycle back to what I said before, where does most of the limp live? In the skin. And the ink never goes away. It slowly absorbs in. It just fades over time, right? That's because it and goes it, it into is. the system. Now, they don't know. They can't say at this point that that's going to be a contributing factor to a disease process. Mm-hmm. That they haven't extrapolated that far. I don't think that they can do that yet. I think it's going to be a lot of factors that go into that. Well, uh, where did you get it done? What was the quality of the ink, the, the sanitation? Is it the same how thing you did with it? The, the different chemicals? It's the same off. thing, like the Batman again. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I don't know which ones you got. And then also, when you get a tattoo and where you get it, you could be at a more vulnerable point in your life when you get a tattoo and your immune system's down because you got a tattoo because you just lost a loved one and you're getting something to remember them. Your mm-hmm. immune system is going to be affected differently than if you just got, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to respond differently to the tattoo. So mm-hmm. tattoos for me, one, they're scar tissue. So they hold tissue trauma, but they also hold the emotional trauma because most people get tattoos for some type of personal reason. So a lot of my chronic pain patients are emotion-based autoimmune people. I always go mm-hmm. to past scars because every scar is a trauma, no matter how small and no matter how long ago. Right. It's the smaller ones sometimes that are the biggest ones. Wow. Right? Um, and also the significance of a tattoo, right? And, mm-hmm. and with the emotional with, significance. Yeah. Because yeah. what I'll do is I'll, I'll work a scar, but I'll work the tattoo as mm-hmm. well because there's a, there's a connection to that one. I actually right. had a, a story I'll share with you if you want to hear it. Um, 
a woman was having chronic low back pain and she was in her mid twenties, too young mm -hmm. to be having all these issues. And she went to every kind of therapy you could think of and, and chiropractic and MRIs and all this stuff. And then it just wasn't getting any better and they couldn't find a physiological reason for why it's there. Right. So she came on in to see me. And so me, I'm not going to do what everybody else has done. Cause obviously that's not working. Right. <laughs> the first thing I do is don't look at the back. I look at the front. And I went towards the front and I saw that she actually had a um, belly button ring that was there, navel ring, but it was removed. There's a little bit of scar over it. And so I feel around that region. And first of all, that's where most of your lymphatics sit around your navel because that's your small intestines. First of all, first, when you. Oh, you remember you, that? Yeah. When you did that on me, man, I was dying. Yeah. Like pressing around the, the, the belly button, I, you saw my eyes go down because yeah. I just remember. But now after you showed me that, and I'm gonna let you continue too. But it's like once you you told you showed me that, and you you told me that anytime you push on tissue on your body, it shouldn't hurt. Right. Right. So yeah. when I was now I now I know from that experience, I go and I work that work that area, and I've worked it to the point where I don't have that buildup of inflammation there. You know. So, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Navel is super powerful region to go for several reasons. Cause one, that's where you were attached for life to your mother. Mm. So that's pretty big. Yeah. So there's a, there's emotion stuff around there. Otherwise you wouldn't be on this earth. Right. right? Um, but two, that's an area where in Eastern medicine, if way you approach it is all of the fascia, which is the connective tissue of the mm. body originates mm. from the navel. Because oh, that's really? where the body grew out from. Oh, wow. So oh, in order wow. to help yeah. any fascial adhesion, let's say you've got a bound up fascia in your left calf. Yeah. You're never going to get rid of that if it's tight around your navel because wow. that's the origin that's where, point. Right. That's like a, that's like a t-shirt, right? If your t-shirt is like that, I right. need to go here. Correct. To unleash. Okay. That makes but sense. here's the thing. Nobody ever comes in saying, doc, I got to see you. My navel's killing me. <laughs> no. They don't have pain there. No. no. That's what stop chasing pain means. It means treat pain, but don't chase it. So I'm going to look at your calf and mm. I'm going to treat your calf more so because you expect me to treat your calf to help you feel right, better. So I'm doing right. it more for your benefit than for me. Right. Because I know better. Benefit. Right. I know better. Right. So then I'm going to go up to the navel and then what I do is I'm going to stick my finger all around. The, I'm not going to go inside and do a swirly. That's my joke. <laughs> I'm going to go around it. Yeah. And then most people will jump off the table and they're like, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. that hurts. Yeah. Well, I was they, jumping they, off the table. And they say, is that supposed to hurt? No, it's not supposed to hurt. Right. right. Um, and then they usually go, you're pressing really hard. No, when I push hard, you'll know it. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. uh, but they, they get very emotional, too. So to cycle back on the importance of that is that um, I asked her, What's with the ring? I mean, how, how long have you had that? She said, well, I got that when my grandfather passed away. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And then, but she took it out. So for me, I had two things. And because I, I delved deeper into her relationship with her grandfather. Because obviously right. it was important enough where she felt she had to get something on right. here as a form of remembrance. Mm -hmm. So I worked the scar tissue because of the scar but also worked it from the emotional standpoint for her grandfather. Mm. Cause there's some other things that I can do when I'm working with somebody from an emotional standpoint. Uh, and then I kid you not, then she stands on up and I go, how's that? And I didn't touch the back. I said, how's that back of yours? And she said, it doesn't hurt. 
right? Mm. And I'm like, that's awesome, right? But what I'm looking for is if stuff sticks. Right. Right? Because I can make anything feel better for a little bit. That's mm. what alcohol is for, right? Yeah. But then what I do is I, I called her two days later and she said, I'm still doing great. I can move and do this sort of thing. And then that's what I want people to understand is that one, you need to look outside the side of pain. Two, um, and usually for me, it's just the opposite side of where you are. So if something's mm. on the front, look at the back. If something's on the top, look at the bottom. If something's on the left, look at the right. Yeah. Right? That's kind of mirroring. That's the universe, like holographic yeah. right. stuff, right? Yeah. And then never forget that there's a human being that's attached to what you're working on. And we talked about in the car is that, you know, in medicine, especially, I think that that's been lost. Yeah where we go right after a diagnosis or a tissue with all these wonderful technological things, which I'm blessed that we have because you can save a life. But we've lost the ability, at least in medicine, one, to have the art of physical touch mm -hmm. to assess. But also for me, when I work on somebody, I'm not even really thinking about the tissue I'm pushing out. I'm watching your response to mm -hmm. my touch. Right. Yeah, that, that gives a lot of information. That's right? big. So it, if I touch you on your right shoulder here and I see you physically move something else or mm. you stop breathing or your eyes look away, that's a very, very powerful neurological tell that you don't know that you're doing. That's right. why it's powerful because it's right. subconscious. Those are the ones that drive disease in my mind they're the mm -hmm. ones that drive healing is what's happening in the subconscious level which i hope we have time to get into because that's yeah. huge yeah and then the other one beyond touch is if i just sit down and i have a conversation with the person who came to see me mm -hmm. and i truly believe that when i talk to you i know exactly where i need to touch on the second part right from talking to you mm -hmm. so those are the ones that i always do first before i go to the treatment part and like you said, a lot of people, it, you know, I found that after we started doing lymphatic work, you know, I can go get massages and things of that nature, but you can actually create more inflammation with massage if it's done, you know, in a certain way. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can call it fluff and buff, you know, <laughs> but, but are you getting to, I feel better for that moment. And anybody can do that, like you said. And, and I'm starting to see that on Instagram. I'm starting to see a lot of these massage therapists and it's like, oh, look, you can move now after I just worked on this. But nobody shows you that movement two weeks later or three weeks later, because two weeks later or three weeks later, they can show you a body sprain like what happened to Liz while working with somebody who swears that they were doing right by her. And in mm. their mind, they probably were. And because, you know, they work with so many people and they get up and they feel so great. But the follow up is where you find out really what you were doing, if it was helpful or not. Yeah, that that's where the rubber, the proverbial rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. And where, first of all, you have to remove your ego from the equation. Yeah. Um, because I really want to know if I know something's going to work when I first do it to you. Right. Mm -hmm. At least a little bit. Um, but I don't know how much or for how long. Right. So I always tell people that, you know, one, uh, three things might happen here is that one, nothing might, nothing is going to change. For me, that's the worst. Right. If nothing changed, that means I'm way off the mark. Like mm -hmm. I really missed something. Okay. The other one is that you're going to feel awesome and that's awesome. And we want mm -hmm. that. And then I want to see how long that lasts mm -hmm. and 
if we can build on that. Yeah. Or number three, you're going to feel worse. And I say this, that's also awesome. Mm -hmm. And then they go, what have you lost your mind? I go, no, because for me, it's a change, right? Mm -hmm. But it, because it doesn't mean because it got worse that that's a bad thing either. But right. a lot of people have to preface that because they're so scared of something getting worse that they get the anxiety and the stress and that. So I have to prepare mm -hmm. them and say, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Everything that happens to you is just one thing for you and for me. It's information. Mm -hmm. It's bioinformation. Yeah. And then we need to determine what we want to do with it. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned over my career, David, is this, is that I used to be one of those hard crack them, rack them, push in there and make you scream on my table because ah, it's worth every penny, right? Like you really gets in there and mm -hmm. then you're like crying and you feel, oh, that yeah. was awful, but I feel so good. But they never got better. And I started mm. to look more about the brain and the sense of threat. Like if yeah. I push on you and I make you scream on my table, I'm a tiger who's pouncing on you and I'm eating yeah. you. Yeah, the brain has the same response, right? Whether you're a massage therapist or a chiropractor, right? It doesn't look at you as like non-threat, right? It's right. still going into fight or flight because you're pushing on me in that yeah, way. Yeah, Tiger Perry is here, yeah. right? And then so I'm not, I'm making a change, but I'm not, I'm not making a lasting change. Right. So the, your nervous system and your body has to grant you permission mm. to come on in. And the yeah. only way I'm going to do that is to be nice, non-threatening, yeah. yeah. right? It's like any relationship. If you're in my grill, I'm not going to let you in, yeah. right? And so it's yeah. a basic form yeah. of communication. So I started, I looked at people who were doing really light work, like barely like mm. touching stuff, at least for some assessment mm -hmm. and doing some things and like, oh, come on, that's not doing anything. And I don't know, it, it, I didn't introduce it into my practice, honestly, because it was more about me at that point. I felt ridiculous. Right. And I felt like they're going to think that this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. But I took my ego out of it and just based it on science and my experience and mm. outcomes that, wow, people made such a drastic difference. And then they started to notice it. And then that came from a sense of empowerment where I've seen the matrix. You just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Because the Matrix reference, we got to get that yeah. in there, right? Yeah. And that, you know, I had that same question, that, that conversation about people who come into Inception where they're used to things hitting them over the head to have the contrast that something is working or not. Hmm. So when you come into Inception, what's one of the first services that we have people do in our first circuit, uh, Liz? Brain training, brain training. The magnosphere. The first, the magnosphere, then yeah. you go to brain yeah. training after that, but the magnosphere so you can relax and, you know, push your body into, you know, relax so everything else works better. <laughs> but the problem is that a lot of people, because the magnosphere doesn't hit you over the head, nothing in our facility is going to hit you over the head. It's, if we did that, we would be creating more trauma and you coming in to try to offset the trauma yeah. so everything really there is permission based your body is going to give the permission whether it wants to go there or not and that's why certain things can take even more time and it can't just go from a to z because again what is that that's too much of a drastic shift for the body right so what you're saying is like makes so much sense to me and i want to throw that in there for people can understand that the light stuff the light work is really more of a way I can go and lift my garage up. I'd rather just push a button. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what you're doing and what we're doing collectively is being able to push the buttons and the, the brain saying, 
I feel safe enough for you to help me. Right? Yeah. Versus create more trauma and let me pull out my big hammer. <laughs> well, no, that's what that's what had happened to me because I had that that work done. And I remember when I was getting that heavy work done, the the smash them, you know, it, it was bending me all over the place and I was almost in tears because it hurt so bad. So my body was already stressed out. Two weeks later I find out I have a body sprain. You know, so no light work that I've ever gotten ever has um caused any negative impacts on on me before. But but that one heavy, crazy treatment of stretching and just moving all over the place and pushing and just, you know, I mean, it, it was completely traumatizing, to be honest. Like, it was it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the light work with, with, from what we noticed that that permission based work grants the biggest release of what the body is trying to let go of. Yeah. You know, you do the heavy work and it gives you this much. I gave you this much. Mm -hmm. You're doing the light work and the body's like, oh, thank you. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it's only that little drain in the sink. That thing is small for the big tub, you yeah. know, but that's all you need. Right. Yeah. You need that that one little go right there. You know, so I, I think that's important for people to understand that it's not just, you know, looking for like, well, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. You know, well, people have a hard time having a sense of awareness or feeling their their own body. They've lost touch with it. They're, they're detached because there's just so much coming at them that mm -hmm. they're, they're numb in a way. Right. Yeah. And then I remember my first visit out to inception and I've told Elizabeth and probably told you is that my favorite thing there was the magnosphere. Mm. And when I said, it, I was like, I don't, can I just stay here for a little bit <laughs> like, on to the next circuit. No, I want to stay in this one. And then, yeah. Then, Cause I made the circuit through there, but that yeah. I, cause I could feel that when mm -hmm. I was in there. And a lot of, a lot of people, you know, have a hard time with silence. Yeah. And well, they're desensitized too. People are so desensitized. Yeah, because yeah, because if you're lying on a table and somebody's usually doing an electric muscle stem mm -hmm. or heat or ice or something, it's a sensory input. And but when I was in that magnosphere, I mean, I could really sense some things because I became attuned with my body. But it was very uh, peaceful for me when I did it. And then one of the reasons why I also loved the flotation tank because that's a sense of just being able to float and lose pressure systems going into the body to mm -hmm. have your brain clear up. And I, you know, this better than anybody when from studying the trauma therapy, one of the things that I think it was Peter Levine talks yeah. about is that the, the, when he used the word titration as mm -hmm. a term where you have to ease your way into these things. Yeah. You, you can't just throw everything in in one shot because the first thing the body is going to do is put that wall up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. Because it just wants to survive your session mm -hmm. and leave. Right. It, but it doesn't mean you change anything because you went too too hard, too fast, too, too soon. Sudden. And yeah. I noticed that in emotional-based work is that even when you have to go slow in releasing somebody's emotions because yeah. they're holding on to something as their life preserver and a sandbar so they don't yeah. drown. And they don't know who they are when they're not holding on to that life preserver. Yeah. And then you take it away and then they sink. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I have personally experienced that. Clients moving too fast. You know, we have our we have boot camp classes and sometimes it's, it may not be good for you to do it in, in the way that that you're doing in terms of three days straight or four days straight. You may need to do 
one a week. You may need to do one a month. It just all depends on all these combination of the things to make up the joker toxin, right? That mm. that one, you can't take them all out at once. We need to remove them slowly. So I think that, yeah, that's I've definitely experienced that where I'm trying to process too much emotion. I'm flooded. You know, the system is flooded with mm-hmm. emotion. And it's like, that could literally re-traumatize you. Overwhelming. Yeah, very, very overwhelming. <laughs> and you have people, you have people in these these trends, now we're going into the psychedelic world, right? Where a lot of people are going over to Peru and doing ayahuasca. And you took your American-based, very toxic body. Like mm-hmm. you said, you're amazed that we're able to living. Right? Yeah, so you go over there where you're in a jungle and we don't have the same environment as the jungle. You go over there and you do a, something like ayahuasca and man, all your shit is coming up. And you come back here and these people, I've worked with them for years, a lot of them, they can't integrate back into society. Mm. Right. Because it just brought up, you open Pandora's box and and you did it with something that's like, it's like a sledgehammer. That's ayahuasca. Mm. You know, you may not be ready for that. You know, and so you have to go through you know, things, other things, and like what you've done, or I've done, I've done 60 different healing modalities and using them over a 15-year time period. I didn't use them all at once. Right. You know, so just slowly getting back versus trying to, we talked about it, the, a good analogy of the, the biggest loser, you know, that show right. where yeah. it took you from your environment, you know, where you overate and you didn't sleep and you had so much stress and they took you to California and now they're going to have, okay, now work out and eat well. And yeah, you're going to lose that weight. But when you go back, what do you do? You regress. Yeah, you're going to fall back on your your survival habits. And that's the one thing that I've found even from myself is that we want to try to be better and improve, which is fantastic. But people will, um, you see the fitness industry a lot, your New mm-hmm. Year's resolution, right? Nobody's in the gym and then everybody's in the gym. And then they're there four or five days a week, two, yeah. three hours a day. And then a month later, it's empty again yeah. because they, they went from zero miles an hour to a thousand. They gave up mm-hmm. every uh, habit that mm-hmm. wasn't working for them and mm-hmm. then switched it to the other side. But it was too much of a shock mm-hmm. to the system. Yeah. And they may get through it for a little while, but every single cycle that happens. So you yeah. have to do the the next I call it the next first step. Everything should be like a first step and then you take the next first step. So if I right. want to go from here to that door, I can't jump there. The brain mm-hmm. can't do giant leaps. Mm-hmm. It needs to do one step at a time and it's never going to be a straight line most of the time. You're going to zigzag left and right, maybe even do a circle backwards, but that's mm-hmm. the way that it is because it's, it, at least it's a form of uh change when mm-hmm. you get there so i i coined the term L, little tiny action steps okay just small little things that you can do different and, I, and what, what, one thing i love that you say is um correct me if i'm wrong but you say you don't believe in right and wrong right and, and, I, I believe in resourceful and unresourceful right so right. that's that's what i'm talking about the power or, of or language good or bad Right. Good, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. So I, I, I believe the same thing with the body is that because that's cultural, that's societal because good for you could be bad for me. Right. It's right. all about perception and where you're raised and things like that. Um, 
so the, the the brain doesn't think in terms of is this good for me or is this bad for me it it thinks in terms i love your term is it resourceful for me or not or the way i look at it is is it useful or not because mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything it doesn't think is useful right because dude that's just stupid because i'm not going to do something that's going to kill me faster right, right. That's not a natural order of things. Mm-hmm. So when I look at somebody who's suffering in pain or discomfort, they have something going on with them. The first thing you do is you you get an adversarial relationship with your body and you start to resent your body and you mm-hmm. hate your body or you're ashamed of your body. Mm-hmm. And it's always a, a battle, a fight, kill, conquer. Yeah. And that's the term that we think about in Western medicine. That's why I gravitated towards Eastern medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. It's more about, mm-hmm. you know, a connection and resonance and balance and harmony in that mm-hmm. way because that that's a different energy shift right. so when somebody comes on in and they're suffering with this i have to say okay why is the body thinking this is a useful thing to do at this moment in time with what it's got to work with because it's doing it for a reason right. not by accident and not as mm-hmm. punishment it's protection so what's its play here mm-hmm. and then that's when you have the communication with the body at yeah. that point and that, that i learned through neuroscience it's it's not good or bad it's useful or not useful yeah and i and i and i said that too in that conversation with you about um being in the wellness world and the fitness world since i was probably 16 and seeing all these different fads come along and you know some of them became very cultish mm. you know and when it becomes cultish it doesn't give you the ability to adapt and change. For instance, I, I mean, alkaline water was a big thing, right? And for mm-hmm. a lot of people, it still is like it's alkaline water, and it's and it's no, <laughs> that's you know, your body is not. If your body was all alkaline, and you can correct me you on die. this, you die. Yeah. So yeah. You die. that <laughs> process of I just need to be alkaline, or I need to eat 100% vegan, or even carnivore. It's the thing is. For me, is it resourceful or is it unresourceful? And it may be resourceful for a moment, but that don't mean it's going to be resourceful mm-hmm. next week. You know, right. what's the long? Balance. What's the Everything long, is a balance. The, yeah, yin and yang. I mean, that's what it's there for. It's it's that ebb and flow. It'll go mm-hmm. a little bit this way, mm-hmm. then sometimes that way. And then what may be good for you now when you keep doing it might not be tomorrow. Right. So what's some, you said about the tiny little steps. So what's, Let's leave on this note. What are, what are a couple tiny little steps that a people can do to help that their their, their lymphatic system to become more uh, supported? That's a great question. So one of my favorite words is awareness. Mm. And the first step in changing anything is, is to become aware of it. Because you can't change something until you're aware of it. Right? Mm. We were saying that before. You're like, yeah. where did all these things come from that were always there right right like i just bought a new car and then all of a sudden i see it everywhere i'm like oh come on really right um (laughs) so um it's so when you become aware of it you're gonna shift your behaviors or Mm. your habits so that's a big one because most people when they come in to see me they've never heard of it before Mm. and then they've never been shown what they can do to help it and then they usually get upset that nobody showed them this before yeah right yeah uh and then they say that's all it that's it that's all it was yeah Yeah, and the the solution doesn't have to be complicated to work Mm -hmm. at all right um so about lymph uh, two things really really move lymph well Mm -hmm. um one is 
movement. So I tell people, just try to move more of yourself, more often, more ways, more environments. I'll call that 4M motion. And I can encapsulate that in one word. Just do different than you're doing now. Don't do the same thing all the time. Variation, variability, and variety, it's called. Mm. Right? <clears throat> because when you do the same thing all the time, the, the lymph is a liquid system. It'll start to ebb and flow based on how your tissue is formed, like water coming down a cliff. Mm. So sometimes you got to go in there and move rocks around so it flows a little bit different. And that's the same thing with, with here. You just change your training up yeah. and then you shift the fluids around. That's why here comes a tip. Just jump up and down uh, in the morning, especially because that's usually when you're most stagnant because the lymph should really uh, move, especially in your brain at night. If it doesn't, you feel very tight or mm -hmm. stiff in the morning. Uh, jump up and down on the balls of your feet. You don't have to completely leave the ground. Keep your balls of the feet on the ground and breathe in and out through your nose, not your mouth. Because mm -hmm. that's going to increase pressure in your diaphragm and move the limp that's in your belly, especially mm -hmm. um, for 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Right? And then you, you separate your legs by shoulder width apart, have a slight bend in your knees, and then I call it noodle arms, where you just have your arms hang by your side and you swing really fast left and right and just let your arm swing and hit you okay is that's from qigong okay the form of that so you're just whipping your arms around uh and the other one is <clears throat> do more breathing through your diaphragm breathing moves fluid because mm -hmm. of the change in pressure mm -hmm. and people are really into breathing right now there's so many different ways to do it but i tell people the easiest way to, to breathe through your diaphragm is to become aware of breathing more through your nose less through your mouth okay so if you jump up and down on the balls of your feet, breathing in and out through your nose, you'll really, really move your lymph a lot. And then, you know, you can start to work directly on your lymphatics as well. Okay. Because, because what happens is there's a lot of people say, I, I, I move already and I breathe already. Do I have to do lymphatic work? Yeah, because sometimes it's so backed up and so stagnated and so obstructed. Those are no longer enough anymore. So before before we let you go too, because I want you to touch upon that with fitness, mm. this exercise. Just because we're going to the gym and lifting weights or doing cardiovascular activities, does that mean that we have a um, I want to call it a resourceful or a optimized lymphatic system? Does that mean that? No, it it should right. Uh, but sometimes, like I said before, is that it's overloaded and it's too stagnated because mm -hmm. you have to remember what we said before is that when you train and you work out, you break down tissue and you destroy tissue and you create what we call metabolic waste, cellular waste. Mm -hmm. And when those can't get out of you, they become, so your body becomes toxic to itself because mm -hmm. it can't get rid of it. And same with food. I tell people, even if you eat wonderfully, all that food becomes a toxin if it can't get out. Mm. even if it was quote unquote I don't care if it's organic it could yeah. be the best food in the world yeah. if, it's, if you can't get rid of so the cells use those nutrients right mm -hmm. and then the cells also pee and poop too yeah. that's called cellular waste mm -hmm. and once they use the nutrients that's got to get out right. one of the biggest ways it gets out is when you go number two right yeah. so people who have constipation usually end up having a lot of toxicity and mm -hmm. that's why constipation and brain issues go together. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so when those detoxifications, as we mentioned before, get, um, they're not working at optimum, because you can have more than one, mm-hmm. then you become stagnant. Yeah. It, it's so, and I tell people, you have to go in and just move it, all right? Mm-hmm. And because what I've known with, seen with fitness and exercise is that people overtrain all the time. Yeah. They, and this is coming from an ex-bodybuilder, right? Because you, were, yeah, I was in a bodybuilding for so many years for that, and you break down tissue, you lift heavy stuff up, you put it down, and when you get hurt, you don't stop no matter what. And then you know your your nutrition is very stressful; you're under high stress, um, and then you train, and you when you train, you create inflammation. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah. You want you want inflammation. If you don't have inflammation, I mean, you would die. You right. just don't want to have constant inflammation. Right, chronically. Right. Chronic, right, we're talking about that. Chronic right. inflammation. And that's what we call autoimmune disease, or chronic mm. pain. Yeah. And uh, a big piece of that is the inability for your body to remove the toxins that's there. Mm. So one of the biggest things that I see in medicine of why programs are not successful is the basic premise of health is this. Mm. Nutrients go in, right, mm. through the mouth. Yep. Right. And then waste goes out. Nutrients in, waste out. Right. Now, if waste can't get out, it stays inside of you. And then all those nutrients going in become waste. So what I find is that everybody focuses on what's going in. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't focused on what needs to get out. Right. So you have to remove what's there and reduce what's going in. But you have to do the remove what's there part first. Yeah. You can't place uh, seeds on bad soil. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a roadblock for for Mm. people. And then that's one of the reasons why one of the biggest, the first stages of people that I see who have chronic pain, chronic lip issues, and and brain fog is um, the chronic stress has decreased their digestion slowed it down and they Mm. have low amounts of stomach acid Mm. digestive Mm. stomach acid if you have low stomach acid nothing's gonna work right i'm gonna tell you that right now Mm -hmm. like you have to get that under control first because everything you're sticking in here has got to go down in there and then the stomach acid's job is to break it down and send it everywhere yeah what happens if you can't break it down and that and that's again that's why we like um we like working with people like yourself. We trying to look at the big picture of everything. You know, we again, we call it, we are in a box of mental health, but we don't look at it just as yeah. mental health because all of it affects you, you know, from top to bottom. So I want to look at the whole system. And if the whole system is working optimally, guess what? You have good mental health. Imagine that. Right. Imagine that, right? Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Think that's inner wealth. That's inner wealth. So we're going to leave on that note, guys. All right, Liz over there back in the D. Thank you again, Dr. Perry, for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you. That's what's called a flow state. It's over already? It's over wow. already. <laughs> I missed having you here too, Liz. Missed you. No, missed I know. You. <laughs> well, next time. We'll yeah. do another yeah, one we'll for sure. Next time for sure. All right, guys. Oh, All right, yeah, guys. 100%. Peace out. Peace. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.